0: up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember he still may lose. What's up, losers? And welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name's Andrew Bascom, and for 132 episodes, we've helped you lose money. And we're going to lose as many bets as possible in about 20-ish minutes on this podcast today. On this episode, we'll be discussing our favorite ways to lose money on some college football conference futures, some boxing with Tefimo Lopez versus Pedro Champa and Dominic Cruz versus Marlon Vera. And of course, a recap and a record check at the end of the show. 11 bets this week. Wow. Let's get into it with bet number one. Bet number one. We don't talk nearly enough about college football uh, on this podcast. There's just too much oxygen in the room to being taken by the NFL. And we want to change that. We want to change that. We're going to change that today, right now. That's your list of my voice. That is my promise. All right. Here are my seven favorite conference and division futures. And I can't stress this enough. The importance of line shopping, which you absolutely can do on Betstamp, one of our sponsors here. But these lines move like crazy. And we've seen huge variances one way or another. So these are the numbers we're finding it at right now. I wouldn't bet it much further off of this, but I'm just going to stress this off the top so I don't have to remind you seven straight times, okay? Let's start with a a power five future, okay? Let's start with Miami to win the ACC Coastal at plus 160. I am buying the U in 2022. And not just because it rhymes, it's convenient that it rhymes, but there's other reasons why too. The Hurricanes offense really took off once Tyler Van Dyke took over under center. He threw 25 touchdowns and six interceptions in nine starts. And Miami averaged over 35 points per game in eight league games with him at the helm. It's only three losses. This is important to know. The only three losses came by a combined eight points, and this is how they lost. They missed a 33-yard field goal uh, to beat Virginia. They turned it over inside of UNC's 20 in the final seconds and gave up a game-winning TD in the final seconds to FSU. So it's not like the offense wasn't the issue here once Van Dyke took over, and it should only improve with more experience. Plus, I expect new head coach uh, Mario Cristobal and the new offensive coordinator uh, Josh Gaddis to have positive impact and on a very experienced offensive line. That should ultimately lead to a more efficient running attack too, and to provide much more balance to the offense in general. Here's another stat that I really like. So here's QBs in the CFP era to throw over 300 plus yards and three plus TDs in six consecutive games. There's two. Tyler Van Dyke from Miami in 2021, and LSU's Joe Burrow in 2019. That's it. That's the list. It's all about the U, baby. We're going to go with Miami to win the ACC Coastal at plus 160. Next one, we're going to have Texas to win the Big 12 at plus 325. Is Texas back? Well, that depends on your definition of back. Back enough to win Big 12? Yeah, I believe so. Especially with my outlook for the other teams in the conference. That must deal with plenty of other roster attrition and coaching turnover. See, the the Longhorns absolutely flopped in the second half of the season to finish with a stunningly disappointed five and seven record. Jesus. But they did go two and five in one-score games. So we know about we know about one-score games are just about as much luck as anything else. Yes, there's absolutely players that excel in one-score games, but usually you're brought back to the mean a little bit, and being 2-5 is absolutely could have been 8-7. The Texas offense flashed its potential at times, but the passing tack was far too inconsistent, especially down the stretch. Part of that had to do with the offensive line, the struggle in protection. I Expect this offense to thrive in year two under the tutelage of offensive guru Steve Sarkeesian. There's no concern about the rushing tack with arguably the best running back in the country working behind one of the best offensive lines in the country. So there's a lot to feel good about, even though last year's record was garbage. Let's go with Texas to win the Big 12 at plus 325. So, nothing huge odds-wise here, but we're going to get to that in a bit here. Let's go with Oregon to win Pac-12 at plus 300. I'm not sure why Oregon has higher odds to win the Pac-12 than both Utah and USC. Like, I get USC brought in the shiny new skill possession toys and the transfer portal and Lincoln Riley, you know, obviously everyone's crazy about Lincoln Riley, Then that hire will pay dividends in the near future, but I have major questions about the offensive line depth and defense. See, Utah will certainly be a factor with Cam Rising uh, back under center. However, the Utes did lose two offensive linemen to the NFL and a ton of talent on defense. Oregon is undergoing an abundance of change with uh, an entirely new staff and plenty of projected starters, but I'm bullish on what we will see. For my money, the Ducks possess the most complete roster in the conference. So fresh faces will have to step up at wide receiver and running back, but the talent is there and the offensive line should be excellent. Quack, quack. We're going to go with Oregon to win the Pac-12 plus 300. All right, let's get to finally some long rides. Let's go with Tennessee to win the SEC East. At plus 1,400. So you can call me crazy. But I think the Vols have actual value to win this division. Yes, I'm aware the division contains the defending national champions. But I'm slightly lower on Georgia than seemingly everybody else. While I still have the dogs ranked third nationally. But we can see some real growing pains after all the departed starters they lost to the NFL. Additionally, I'm not a believer in the Gators this year. I never am usually. And I'm lower than the market on Kentucky. So those are Tennessee's two other main competitors for the SEC East. I just don't think... Kentucky should have better odds to win the division when you're seeing plenty of books. Tennessee does go down to Georgia and will likely have to win the game, especially when you consider Tennessee has to play Alabama while Georgia and Kentucky do not. But I think it's worth a stab at this price. Let's Rocky Top, let's Tennessee to win the SEC East at plus 1,400. Okay, let's move over to some group of five futures, smaller, smaller ones, and let's talk with another large, large bet. Let's talk about Ohio to win the MAC at plus 2,500. Last month, I found a rogue 25 to one on Ohio to win the MAC that I had to, like, honestly had to hit. That number has since disappeared, but you can still find around 18 to one. So let's, you know, I'm gonna keep saying 2,500, but you know, it's 1,800. That's okay. The Bobcats finished 3 and 9 in a disastrous season that was likely doomed before it started when their head coach Frank Solich retired unexpectedly in July. That certainly had to be a little chaotic so close to the start of the season. The East is wide open in the MAC with Kent State, Miami, Ohio, and Ohio actually wouldn't be shocked to see any of these teams in the East make it to the conference championship game, where anything can happen as we've seen in recent years. But keep in mind, Ohio entered last season with the odds of 5-1 to, to win the MAC before everything went wrong. The Bobcats also went 2-4 in one possession games, you know how we feel about that, and finished 110th in turnover margin. The on-field product should improve, especially on defense that returns nine starters. Let's bleed green, everybody. Ohio to win the MAC at plus 2,500, but really 1,800. Air Force to win the Mountain Division at plus 200, It's really just a three-team race in the Mountain Division between Boise State at plus 110, Air Force at plus 200, and Ohio State at plus 400. I actually think the Aggies will take a major step back after last year's magical season, which ended in an improbable conference championship. They qualify for a major negative regression candidate and must replace a bevy of key contributors, especially at receiver and on defense. And therefore, I really think it comes down to Air Force and Boise State program that seems to be trending in the wrong direction in recent seasons. With that assumption, I just can't pass up this price on a Falcons team. I'm super high on this year. How about this? Six schools projected to be favored in every regular season game this year. Air Force, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Utah. By the way, the Crimson Tide and Buckeyes projected to be double-digit favorites in all 12 games. So Air Force is already getting like a step ahead. There's a new chop block rule that will have a negative impact on the triple option offense that they use, but I see too much value to pass up the Falcons, especially in a coin flip game at, the, at home against Boise State, may decide like literally the whole mountain division. Let's go with Air Force, hooah, to win the MWC Mountain at plus 200. Okay, last one. Marshall to win the Sun Belt at plus 550. So heading into the first year of a new conference, I absolutely love Marshall's additions from the transfer portal, from a defensive needs perspective. I'm also a huge fan of the coaching staff, which enters year two under. Charles Huff, and it's reasonable to expect a subsequent bump in production across the board. The biggest questions will surround the offensive line, which must replace a trio of very experienced starters. The biggest questions surround the offensive line, which must replace a trio of very experienced starters. But honestly, I really like Marshall this year. I think the other teams are not that great, and I think this is, at 550, a really good odd to take. So I guess we are Marshall. Marshall to win the Sun Belt at plus 550. Those are a lot of bets. That's going to be a lot of money hanging out there, but man, I feel good about some of these. Let me know what you think. At Losing Money WAB. And let's go on to bet number two. Bet number two. Tefima Lopez versus Pedro Ciampa is scheduled for 12 rounds in the junior Walterweight division, with this bout taking place in the Resorts World Casino in Las Vegas. No one more surprised than me because I've never heard of Resorts World Casino. Is it good? Can't be good, right? It's got to be bad. Well, it's got a big enough stadium to host a, a Walter Wade junior division. So here we go. So the former unified lightweight champion Lopez is hoping to rebound after his first career loss and almost nine months of inactivity. And a tough long shot, Ciampa hopes to spoil his return. Lopez is making his debut at junior welterweight and is a commanding minus 800 favorite right now. Ciampa fighting only for the second time outside of Mexico is a plus 950. Make no mistake, there are no traps found here. Champa is the right style for Lopez to shine against. And nothing short of a biblical disaster biblical disaster will be needed for him to score an upset. Ring rust could be a factor, sure, absolutely, but Lopez will take in the early rounds to see how he feels at that weight and might be more active when he does decide to go in on offense. Feeling that Ciampa is going to come at him to force a fight, he'll be willing to counterpunch and operate outside while his, you know, warms his engine up. Despite the lack of quality in his record, Ciampa can punch and Lopez might need to cut that act short when he gets caught with a shot he's not expecting. So, comeback fights like this can go one of two ways. Lopez can either go for the jugular or bank much-needed rounds and safely coast to a dominant decision. However you have a fighter calling himself the takeover, failing to stop a ready-to-order opponent certainly is not a good look. Ciampa should withstand a few big shots here and there, but we don't think Lopez is going to be happy to let go his cards. But we don't think Lopez is going to be happy letting this go to the cards. We like one of the odds is being like letting the fight extending to six rounds or less with round five being the sweet spot at plus 600. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take Lopez on the money line and we're going to put that everywhere we can on parlays. But the bet for the round we're going to take is round five and we're getting that at a plus 600. Pretty good odds. Two weeks in a row, boxing, huge favorites. You You heard my rant last week where it's like boxing is eating itself because these are the kind of fights we get. I get that. Tefimo Lopez is a very talented fighter. It's just too bad they like immediately it's got to be like, I'm surprised it's not a minus 3,000 favorite, for God's sakes, at this point. So we're going to take the round stab at plus 600, and we'll just cross our fingers. And hopefully Tefimo Lopez just looks amazing. All right, before we get to bet number three, let's read a little bit of an ad. Now word from our sponsor and an app I use all the time, Betstamp. Here at Losing Money, we always talk about the importance of line shopping. You have to make sure you're getting the best number possible when placing a bet you could do that through the app on BetStamp. And also through the app, I can just click on the book. So I found the best number, I click the link, and I'm taken right to the book. Also, having a bet you want to move off of or trying to acquire a pick at a number you missed out on, you can buy and sell picks with full transparency. Plus, they don't take a cut. It's completely free and safe. Also, we post all of our picks to LosingMoneyWAB on Twitter and Instagram every day. But if you want to track how we're doing, and heads up, we're losing, baby, or track other bettors that talk a big game on social media, you could track them through the record on the app at Betstamp. Download the Betstamp app today. Bet number three. What did you think? We were not going to talk about the UFC? You stupid idiot. Of course we're going to talk about the UFC. We're here to lose money on the UFC. Also, I will say this, this card is not great. Whatever. It's an it's a ESPN UFC card. That's, that's totally fine. But the main event is really good. And it was one of those ones that caught me off guard where you're doing the research on a Sunday, like, oh, what are we going to talk about losing money this week? Okay, absolutely. And then you kind of go, Dominic Cruz and Marilyn Vera fighting? What? I just, this is a really good fight. And I'm just really excited to watch it. You can ignore pretty much the whole other card and we will, because we're not going to be betting on it. But this fight we have to be betting on because it's really good. So let's, let's, let's get into what is going on with this fight. Vera's typically not as distinguished a favorite, right? He's flip-flopped between chalk and underdog over his last several fights, but at minus 230, Marlon Vera sports his most heavily chalked odds since he fought Hernandez at minus 500 there at UFC 239, which he won by second round submission. Cruz, on the other hand, is no stranger to the lack of respect from sportsbooks. In all three fights since his return to MMA in 2020, Dom has been listed as either close to even or as the underdog. His only loss in his last three came when he challenged Henry Cejudo at plus 175 for the bantamweight strap at UFC 249. Because Cruz is so technical, he often doesn't end up in these like wild exchanges that result in knockouts, and 16 of Cruz's 24 wins have come via decision, while Vera has 12 of his 19 wins by finish. So we expect this fight to go into at least rounds three and four, maybe taking the over two and a half rounds in the process. So Vera's stock has never been higher than it is right now, and if he could best Cruz, that'll be his four straight win, vaulting him right into the title conversation. Also, Vera's never been finished, and Cruz isn't likely to be the first one to shut him down. So I would expect Vera to come out with a lot of pressure in those early rounds. The thing is, everyone forgets, real quick, that Dominic Cruz is very good. I think they hear him on, on commentary, and they go, oh, that guy's fucking annoying. Which, by the way, he is. He's a really annoying guy. And I just don't, I don't, another person, just like we were talking about Juliana Pena, I don't think I'd like this guy very much if we talked. I just always remember his press conference in one of the weirdest ones where he stood the whole time. (laughs) Everyone else is sitting at these long tables and he's standing. And they're like, "Uh, hey, Dominic, uh, can I ask first question? Why are you standing? And he's like, I stand all the time. Why wouldn't I stand? You're like, oh, so you're an asshole. Oh, you just want attention and you're an asshole. Okay, cool. But because of that, I think people forget that he's one of the best ever to be doing it in this division. He's been good his whole career, and honestly, recently it has not changed. I think people thought he got old real fast, which he is, he's old, but he's still winning a lot. He's lost three times in his whole career, and they were by, let me name out the fighters to you, Cody Garbrandt, Henry Sejudo, and Uriah Faber. That's it. Three incredible fighters, two of them in the Hall of Fame. I think the underdog numbers are really tasty here. Personality aside, I think you could absolutely see him win by decision. So let's do it. Let's pick Cruz at plus 210 and to win by decision at plus 305. That was crazy to me. I, he'd only lost three times and those are the three guys. Like, Jesus, wow, okay. He could stand all he wants during the press conference if he, t- if he makes me money. Let's go to the recap. Recap. Like we said, 11 bets, a lot of bats. Here we go. Miami to win the ACC Coastal, plus 160. Texas to win the Big 12 at plus 325. Oregon to win the Pac-12 at plus 300. Ohio to win the MAC at plus 2,500. Marshall to win the Sun Belt at plus 550. Air Force to win the MWC at plus 200. And Tennessee to win the SEC East at plus 300. We're also going to be taking Tefimo Lopez at minus 800. And Lopez to win in round five at plus 600. We're also going to be taking Dominic Cruz at plus 210. And by decision at plus 305. That is a lot of plus numbers to be given out. I love it of course we had the ufc fight night last week we were really excited by it and it was kind of a mixed bag we had brian battle to win by submission nope he knocked that guy unconscious in the first round so that's a loss somehow um so you know zero for one we had Vincenzo luke and i talked up a whole story about how much i love Vincenzo luke he's one of our favorites blah blah blah, blah. well he got taken two by jeff neal like i just taken two and knocked unconscious so Good for Neil, uh, bad for Chante Luque, bad for our bets, because we had him by KO, TKO at plus 350, so that's bad, but we were saved by the main events, who we were very confident about, uh, Jamal Hill winning, he was a minus 275 favorite, so we had the win, and he did win, because he, he it's like at one point in round four, he looked up and went, oh, is it round four, really? Okay, time to finish this fight, and knocked Santos unconscious, so we had the over two and a half for Anza, plus 130, and so that worked as well for us. Uh... <laughs> The only other boxing that we had last week, the only other bet, was boxing, excuse me, and we had Virgil Ortiz Jr. at a minus 1,400, and guess what? He won. That's not shocking. I think we made 70 cents on a $10 bet, uh, but it wins a win. It's a humble work, but it wins a win, and we also had the round seven finish at plus 800. You wouldn't believe which round he finished him in. Round eight. Damn it. A casual three and three for the, uh, for the episode, but we did actually lose money, and ending up losing money. Because we had two big favorites and all the underdogs lost. So that's the way it works for that. Now let's go over to At Losing Money WAB. That's our free daily picks on Twitter and Instagram. We went four and five, which is a minus 0.5 units, so pretty much a wash. But we're still waiting on our golf picks from this week's St. Jude's Invitational, so we will see uh, the book's not closed on this yet. That being said, I cannot wait to lose money this week on the football conference futures, boxing and the UFC. Subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom wherever you enjoy podcasts. And please give a subscribe and a like to at Losing Money WAB on either Twitter or Instagram wherever you decide to waste your time. Also, download the Stamp app today and tell them Losing Money with Andrew Bascom sent you so you can help support the podcast. We'll be back on Monday next week to lose money on the NFL win totals for the AFC and NFC South with the Panzerati Prince. Have fun losing money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!